Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Giddy Up on this Friday morning. It's 8.29. Always great to catch up with Nicholas Ashman here on a Friday to run through his uh, tips in our feature races across the country in Pulele, the 1200 meter group one weight for age sprint star is standing at Dali talking about sprinting stars. Nick Ashman from the beaten favorite. Hello to you, Nick. I have been known to go quicker a few times in my life, Gareth, but usually it's uh, not for the right reasons. Yes. Anyway, hopefully you're um, getting the job done for us um, tomorrow with your selections. We'll, I was trying to, we'll, I was we'll going, do our best. Yeah, I was going to get myself. We're up and about. It's yeah, a little bit of trouble one stakes day. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been down that path before. We, we don't have. need to go there again, do we? No, so uh, Memsey Memsey Stakes. Stakes. How do you think this track will play? It was an interesting chat I had with Tim Bailey just before, suggesting that maybe they'll be getting off the fence towards the back end mm. of the meeting with a little bit of rain around this morning. So maybe I wish I win. That's not a great draw after all. I don't think it's a good draw no matter how you look at it, to be honest, Gareth. Um, you know, if... Even if the fence is the place to be, he doesn't have the speed to hold a spot. So they're all going to be rushing. It's going to create more tempo in the race. He's going to be shuffled back in a fast run race, stuck to the fence. Alternatively, uh, the fence isn't the place to be, and then you've, you've drawn barrier one, so you're in the wrong spot. So no matter how I dissect it, barrier one isn't the right draw for him. Uh, we did put on the beatenfavorite.com during the week, which we're doing now all the time from Sunday right the way through the week. We're putting up historical facts on the major races that upcoming Saturday. So last year on Memsey Stakes Day, uh, the lanes used were 5, 2, 11, 10, 10, 5, 10, 1 and 5. So it was a soft five track that day. So I can see what Tim Bailey's saying. He thinks that probably just away from that inside part of the track, snap down to 11, 1. Uh, last year's Memsey, but it was an absolute crawl and she got away with uh, some pretty cheap sectionals in front. Outside of her, most of the horses all day were coming sort of well away. The sweet spot was sort of lanes 3 to 10, maybe even 3 to 11. And I think that's what Tim's looking at possibly again for tomorrow. So I thought probably the two horses that mapped reasonably well, and one of them does come with a caveat. The first one's Princess Grace. Uh, she maps to sort of be behind the tempo. And a Vista, you would think, leads. Alligator Blood, I think, comes across and sits outside lead. Mr. Brightside, given that he's got the run under the belt, surely has to go forward and tries to drop in. Now, 1,400-metre start point at Caulfield's probably the trickiest at that track. They pretty much go about 50, 80 metres and start turning straight away, Gareth. So um, it, you can get trapped wide pretty pretty easily there if you've drawn a, um, an outside marble. So... I thought the other horse was Ossipenko. Now, the reason why and you might think, oh, he could get back along the inside, and it's true, but if he can just sit to the outside of I Wish I Win, then he's one off the rail. He's probably going to have a horse like Princess Grace in front of him, so he's got a nice horse to follow into the race. He'll get an economical run. He's desperate for a dry track. He gets that. He's an entire, and if he wins this, or even if he places in this race, it enhances his value immensely, and we've got a grand final trainer and a rider to do the steering in Chris Waller and Mark Zara. So I do think that things set up quite well for Osipenko. And the other one in the race that I'm having something on or already have is nonconformist. Um, 
his peak figure on the stuff I used was first up in the blamey last preparation. I don't think he had much luck up in Brisbane. Uh, the Dooman Cup, there was obviously that issue in the race and he was put out of it completely. And then he runs second to without a fight, who's hard in the market for Caulfield Cups and Cox Plates. This year, he runs second to it in the Q22 in a race that rated reasonably well. He's trolled up really well ahead of his return. Seven furlongs or 1,400 metres is obviously a small query, but he's a horse that if you look through his sectionals, multiple times he's broken 11, section, 11 seconds for a closing sectional in his races. He's got the turn of foot to compete, I think, at 1,400 metres, and he, he probably maps to settle around midfield, maybe on a genuine tempo slightly worse than midfield. And if Tim Bailey's correct, and we see what we saw last year, and that is horses blending in well off the fence, then a horse like Nonconformist probably gets the ideal shape to be competitive. And don't forget, he's not coming off that traditional break that most of these are. Uh, he's first up off a winter campaign, and he's probably got a little bit of residual fitness there, Gareth. So the market says Brightside $3. I wish I went out to four twenty now. Alligator Blood at $6. So Mr. Brightside, the solid favourite. Princess Grace, the horse that you like mm. at $8. Ozapenko's at a good each-way price at $10. And for non-conformist here, for Graham Big, I'm getting, what, $81 and $13 the place. So some value there from you, Nicholas Ashman. Are you playing any other races there at Caulfield? Yeah, I am. Uh, just here's another one for you. Uh, what is it? Five of the last ten winners have been first up in the Memsey. Yes. And uh, I think six or seven of the last 12 have been favourites. But anyway, uh, other races, yes. Now, the Heatherly, which I believe is race six of the program, that's a 1,700-metre contest, often can be a lead-up or a stepping stone towards races like the Caulfield Cup. I think number 16 here for the Hayes boys, the Summit, the French bread galloper, around a sort of $7, $8 chance currently in markets. Um, made its Aussie debuts, obviously up in uh, uh, Hong Kong, running around in some pretty handy races up there. Made his Aussie debut at Flemington over 1,600 metres. Not a lot went right there for him, and I think he just needed that run. Six weeks between runs, they took him back home, they got him right, goes to the valley, wins second up over a mile, uh, with Mickey D in the saddle. The figure he produced there says he can be highly competitive in a race like this, Gareth. I think that seven sort of seven fifty around town now is worth worth having a nibble on. He might be able to win this and go on to bigger and better races. He's only had fourteen starts in his career and he's been placed in eight of them, including three victories. Uh, you'd think he can only improve. He was six weeks between runs going into the valley last time out. Surely he can only get better as he's racing uh, as he does more racing. So that's a good push for the summit there and the Headley. What else are you doing there, mate? Uh, I thought in race seven, this is a great race, the um, the Cochrane Stakes. Yes. Uh, Parasau, a little query there at the 1,200 metres, I think, for her, but gets Jamie Carr in the saddle, which will help. Benedetta, really excited to see her again. She looks a real star in the making. But I'm with uh, Graham Begg's horse here again, mm-hmm. same as Jeek. I was really taken by what this horse did in his debut preparation. Had something on him in the Coolmore Stud Stakes. Thought for a fleeting moment he might get near in secret, but she was too good for... Sorry, she might get near in secret, but she was too good for us. Um, she's managed to split in secret and bonus not just in the Coolmore Stud Stakes. Has trialled up an absolute treat and jumped out really well ahead of her return. Uh, she was second to a hypothetical in a recent trial. Hypothetical ran well last Saturday in the Carline Stakes. 
And I think Say Majeed can kick it, uh, her spring campaign off on a winning note and possibly go on to some pretty big targets this uh, this spring. So I'm going to tip her to uh, to upset Benedetta in race seven, the Cochrane Stakes. So $6 with bet 365 for her. Do you have an opinion there on the McNeil? Um, because Barber's at 380, V8, 650. Little Bro's at 650. Shalites had support mm. at $9. And... Hedges at 750 was impressive there at Seymour the other day, running some time in my horse legacies. She's at $5 first yeah. up. Yeah, it's a good race, isn't it? As it is pretty much every year. Look, the two horses I like, one is Barber. Uh, I thought he did some pretty good things last preparation, particularly early on. He rounded out with a good third behind Libertad in that kindergarten stakes. He wasn't completely disgraced in a golden slipper and, uh, look, maybe things didn't quite go right for him in the Blue Diamond and he was good in the prelude in that lead-up. He's had uh, three trials in total to ready him for his return. That's a level of intent. James Cummings is striking up over 30% at Caulfield over the last 12 months. He's won more races at the Heath than any stable in the land. Bishin in the saddle maps really well. He's my on-top selection in the race, but she liked uh, your reference has been some specking for this colt already. I thought he's done a great job. He was only one and a half lengths off cylinder. Now, you've got the driver of Godolphin on your show regularly, Gareth. Yes. I wonder, I know there was a bit of a tip around for Barber before his first start, but I would have thought that Godolphin think that cylinder, at least at 1,100 metres, is a slightly superior animal to Barber, cylinder being uh, placed in the, in the golden slipper. If she, like, was within one and a half lengths of cylinder and was pretty good late in the piece... Uh, you'd have to like his chances at $11 or 10 or 11 bucks against Barber here at $3.90, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think uh, you make some really good points there. Gareth, all with you on this uh, Friday morning. It's always great fun with the Metro Bagger tips as we preview, especially at this time of the year with spring now. Officially starting on this uh, first day of September, it's 8.40, Nicholas Ashman with me uh, from the beaten favourite and the great tip-off, Nick. Um, what a day at Ramwick as well. Track at the moment, soft six, but we probably get to a good four range. The rail's at four metres. Your thoughts about how that track should play? Yeah, information we've just got is that it will be a little more conducive to uh, leaders and on-speed runners than it was when we raced here two weeks ago where the rail was just completely and utterly off. Anything that stuck to lane one and even lane two, you've got to uh, heavily bonus if you're doing your ratings post-meeting. Um, the only caveat on that is, is if that, uh, there is a little shower possibly predicted later today, if it keeps the track into that soft range for the first few races, if it does, then you might see that ground just chop out a bit more. So they may come wider. So it's a tricky track report. This one at this stage, the on speed runners will have more of an advantage than they did two weeks ago, but, uh, that's probably dependent on there not being too much more rain and that track getting into the good range. But the feature is the chance of stakes ripping race, isn't it Gareth? Yes. I'm all over Monophilia. Do you share my confidence? Yeah, I think she's probably the one. She was very good first up for having a first run for Chris Waller in the wing stakes. She produced some really good closing sectionals. Speaking to uh, Charlie uh, Duckworth during the week, they sort of they think that you know she's got the turn of foot to be aimed possibly at 2,000 metre races this campaign. Um, how she goes in the Chelmsford on Saturday tomorrow will determine sort of what path they take with her. Obviously, they're mindful that she's uh, a Group One winner over a mile and a half as well. So the one in the race was the stablemate. I thought. Um, represented some value, and that was Linderman. Mm -hmm. It's a case of where there's smoke, there's fire. They put up $31 about him 
uh, in early markets for the Wink Stakes. He ended up SPing around $14, half that price. He uh, was beaten convincingly, but it wasn't a good day for for leaders that day. We've just spoken about how the track was uh, completely off towards the inside. I think a drier surface, if we get to uh, a good four, particularly for Linderman, will be a huge advantage. And I think with that run under the belt, he'll improve his stack. He's yet to miss a Quinella. Uh, positioning in three second up runs previously and I'm expecting him to improve a fair bit. Second up last campaign, he won over 1,400 metres, albeit uh, it was a benchmark 78, but he definitely came on leaps and bounds last preparation. I thought at around that sort of $16 mark, he represent, represented a bit of value there, G. Yeah, so $16, Lindemann on top of the ground as well, help his cause. 480 for Montefilia, hinged at 460 in that race. Mawanga at $12 and... As we had a chat to Kerry Parker yesterday on the stable mail, think it overs at $2.90, but if you like that galloper, he won't be two ninety. Surely he's got to get out of the market. What about in the Concord? Nature Strip 320, Eduardo 460. In Secret 340, Bella Nipatina is a big price at nine, and so is Sapateo. Since that interview with James Cummings on Giddy Up yesterday for Stable Mail, Sapateo's been the big mover and remark at nine dollars. Well, on with Remark, I think the money's come for Zapatea because people have seen the rain come around and obviously yep. she's a very accomplished wet tracker, but we could get back to that dry range. So if that's the case, and I expect her to get out a bit. On with Remark, uh, look, Nature Strip, Eduardo, both very good, but I don't think either of them are running their best figures anymore. In secret, I think probably deserves to be uh, close to favourite for the race, but I want to make the point that I don't think she's a genuine thousand metre horse. And thousand metre races, we say time and time again, are won by thousand metre horses. I think Remark is that his first up run last campaign was uh, monstrous. Uh, it was it was it rated through the roof. He carried sixty. Uh, what did he carry? Sixty two kilos. It was only a benchmark ninety four, but the rating he produced there says that he was top shelf. He went after that to a soft five. Uh, and wasn't far off passive aggressive and uh, Eduardo and Giga kick in the challenge stakes and then he was unplaced in the galaxy but I think he's a really good fresh horse I think he's really effective at a thousand meters he gets both of those conditions on Saturday and I can see him just sort of anchoring out wide on the track and steaming down the center part with Nature Strip and Eduardo and so forth all doing a bit of work up on top of the speed I think the 950 around town is a really good price for a remark what else are we backing there in Sydney tomorrow mate Best bet for me, uh, one more I'll leave you with it, is race six, the Furious Stakes, number eight, Cigar Flick for Chris Waller and Karen McAvoy. Uh, she was uh, a horse that always showed ability in her first preparation. She came back into work this time in and just looked a better animal at the trials. Her win first up was really good at, uh, at Randwick. They then said, right, we'll keep her five weeks between runs and go to a stakes race in the Rosebud. She didn't have any luck there. She was beaten half a length by Tiz Invincible in introducing and the instructor. She probably should have just about won the race or gone very, very close. If not, uh, she gets here now third up with those two runs under the belt out to 1,200 metres. She maps really well, and I'm getting around $9. I think she's a bet to each way to nothing, Gareth. All right, then, mate. It's going to be a wonderful day. You enjoy your day. We can catch all of your work on thebeatenfavourite.com. And the great tip-off as yep. well. Are you teasing us today? Have you got something up your sleeve that you'll be dropping a little later <laughs> on? Yeah, look, just the, mainly the track walker information will come through a bit later on. But I'll give you one little stat. We're going to have a stats board up there, jockeys that are hot. Jimmy Orman, last seven days up in Queensland. We haven't spoken about QLD. Uh, seven from 22, striking at 32% with an ROI of around 9%. Uh, he rides for Kelly Schweder in race three tomorrow. He's on a horse called Lucky Exchange. 
And uh, that combination strikes at about 25% with a profit on a turnover of 22%. So race three, lucky exchange at Durban tomorrow. Nothing up the sleeve. I've just given it all away. Yep. That's why we love you. Thanks for that, Nicholas. Have a good day. <laughs>